What's up? It's episode 77, Pain Points of Wealth, and the market's finally finding some footing. We're getting some big up days. Is this just a bear market rally, a fake out, or is this the real deal? We're going to see all-time highs this year. We're going to talk about that along with the fact that interest rates going up, oil prices going up, inflation going up. Are we going into a recession? So many economists are talking about it for 2023. We're going to tell you what we think, what you should be doing right now. And on the tipping point today, we're going to talk about those financial nuggets out there or some of those assets you forgot about long ago that you need to readdress to make sure your financial independence plans in order. Check it out. We got a great show. Hit the music. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth, giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod. Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. Hey, ever since uh, Jerome Powell, our uh, Fed Reserve chairman, raised interest rates at the meeting last week, stocks have done nothing but go up. I mean, straight up. Uh, it's almost as if at the beginning of the year, the market was ready to reprice its assets you know, to a higher inflation, higher interest rate environment. And then as soon as he made the announcement, boy, we're off to the races. I'll tell you what's not going up right now are bond funds. Since the peak in August of 2021, a whopping $2.6 trillion has been withdrawn. So I hope everybody heeded our call. Get out of bond funds. They're weapons of mass financial destruction. Yeah, but we know nobody, nobody dislikes bond funds more than you. And, and you're right right now. Like, you know, the world's changing. Paradigms are shifting. We're in a higher interest rate environment. And you know, this is one of those themes you have to look at when it comes to your portfolio is what worked in the past won't work in the future. Because you know, you look back to the last 10 years, right? Inflation was something we never talked about. People didn't even, I don't think people even understood what inflation was. Now the American public is very, very educated on inflation. All they need to do is go to the grocery store, go to the gas pump, and you know, prices are a lot higher. But you know, I think what's interesting right now is the Fed raised interest rates. And you would think that would be negative for the market, but the market is actually going up. Why is that happening? Explain it to me, guys. Well, it's like the old saying goes, if it's in the press, it's in the price. So at this point, the market knows that interest rates are going up. So it's not really a surprise at this point, And the market just keeps marching on. Well, you're saying, Chris, I think is the market's forward looking. So maybe we're looking out a year from now, two years from now, inflation is going to be lower. Oil prices are going to be lower, right? We're going to have the supply chain is not going to be as disrupted. Hey, COVID may be gone. It may just be like flu-like symptoms, like a common cold. So you have a lot of things that are already priced in, but also the market's looking forward. And it's not the things that you think are going to hurt you. Sort of like, you know, it's not the snake that you see that bites you. It's the one you don't see. Yeah, right. The devil you don't know. I like that, like that line a lot. And here's what you have to think about, right? It's not about what's going on with inflation today. What the market's going to start pricing in is what inflation looks like in like 12 months, 24 months. And- the truth is, no matter what the media tells you, most likely, and we've said this on the show a lot recently, inflation's actually going to be lower, right? And that's what the market's starting to tell you. Because at this point, you've already gotten past the fact that the Fed's going to raise interest rates. It's not going to be a surprise. They pretty much have telegraphed what this year looks like with interest rate hikes. So there's nothing shocking about that. So what you have to ask yourself as an investor right now is, what's the world going to look like when we're talking 12 months from now? 24 months from now, what's Ryan and Chris going to say on their podcast, and maybe even Bob too, probably a little more irrelevant, but you know what I'm saying. 
Well, you know, I've gotten a lot of calls from clients saying, okay, you know, everything's really scary right now. We don't know what's going to happen with interest rates. We don't know what's going to go on with the Ukraine. Is it better for us to be in cash? I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you a choice. Investment A yields 3%, meaning you're getting 3% income on your money. And then investment B is at a negative 7%. I said, which one do you prefer? And of course, everybody says the one that's yielding 3%. I said, great. I said, the one in 7% is what happens if you sit in cash. Chris, week after week, I've noticed Ryan's ego continues to inflate with the CPI. What do you think? Well, I think it's probably true, Deb, but I think this is going to burst Ryan's bubble a little bit. I've actually been paying people to listen to the podcast. Sorry, Ryan. You know what? Don't tell me those things. I want to be deluded. I want to be as deluded in my grandeur as possible. I mean, that's the only thing that makes this podcast work. But, you know, look, I mean, when you get past the noise and we don't want to discount this serious situation going on in Ukraine right now, and it could keep going on for quite a lot longer. But, you know, if you look at the market, which is cold and calculating and really looks at only the economic data, the economic data here in the US, as we've said, really week after week, it's just been so good, right? We're at a point now where, you know, the job market's going to continue to be hot. We're looking at people spending, right? Retail sales have been strong. And I mean, like everyone I talk to right now is definitely going on a trip this summer. You know, they're going to get away. They're going to get in their car. They're going to go somewhere. They're going to get out and about. That doesn't sound like a recession to me, right? I mean, it's like, don't believe, as Bali to say, believe your lion eyes, right? Most people are ready to go out. The animal spirits are there and live and they've got money to do it. Like that's fuel for a very strong economy. Well, see, that's why the economists who, Rai, you make fun of almost every week, often get it wrong. You know, we have consumer confidence is dropping like a rock right now if you look at the numbers. But meanwhile, you get the consumer is sitting there just getting out of it and locked up for two years with COVID with basically $2 trillion on their balance sheet. And they're saying, yeah, things don't look that good, but I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going out on vacation. I'm booking a trip. I'm going on a cruise. I'm going down to the shore. My sister-in-law went down to Ocean City the other day, can't find a place to rent. I mean, can't find a place. I mean, you can't believe what's happening right now. People are spending. They're ready to get out. They're flush with cash. Yeah, prices are high. Yeah, they're going to be a little careful whether they eat in one night or eat out. But I'm telling you guys, anybody who discounts the American consumer does so at their own peril. Well, you're right, Dad. And then, like, it, you think about it, like, airlines are starting to ramp up too. Like, every time, you know, I've been going out to Florida a lot this winter to go sailing. Every flight that I go on, the airline offers you upwards to $1,000 to take another flight just so they can accommodate the demand. And meanwhile, on the inflation front, I think what's really important to think about here is one of the biggest components to inflation is the fact that we had this massive reopening of the economy, right? Bob, you always talked about like this neutron bomb where everything just stopped, was frozen in time, and all of a sudden demand came back everything had to turn on. We learned it wasn't as easy to turn back on. That's why you would hear about all these bottlenecks at all those LA ports. Well, if you look at it statistically, those bottlenecks are starting to go away. And part of it is the supply chains finally just corrected themselves. They started to make changes to adjust all the demand, but partially because demand is shifting, right? If we're not sitting inside all the time, if we're not going to be working from home all the time, we're not going to be buying a lot of physical goods that just like keep coming from Amazon, like one package after another. It's about going out. It's about having experiences, right? It's going to dinner. It's taking that road trip. It's, you know, think services. And that's essentially what drives the US economy is we are a service-based economy. We're going back to that. That's going to put a big dent in that inflation number and start to bring it down. Even if we have heightened oil prices and we have heightened agriculture prices like we do today. Right. What I hear you saying is, hey, guys, the economy's strong. Profits are up. Interest rates are historically low. Last I checked, stocks are still slaves to earnings, right? Like you say, rather ruthless or cold. They look at everything with a cold eye. And let's talk a little bit about portfolio management here. I had a good friend of mine, good client call me the other day. And he said, Bob, there's two times in the 47 years you and I have been working together where I wanted to get out of the market. 
First was COVID. And man, was I dead wrong about COVID. Said I would have really screwed myself if I got out of the market. I said, yeah, what's the other time? Last week. Last week, I'm looking at the news. I'm listening to all the fear being mongered. And I'm thinking, man, I got to be out. I said, but meanwhile, you got to look at your portfolio. Why would you want to be out when your commodity portfolio is up 26%? Why would you want to be out when your pipelines are up 15%? Did you realize that your blue chip dividend paying stocks aren't even down for the year? Right? So you have to look at it's not a market of just a monolith of investments, right? There's segments of the market, and it just goes to prove once again, diversification is king. Hey, I hope you're enjoying episode 77, Pain Points of Wealth. We're up to 75,000 downloads. Thank you for your support. Your support helps us to continue to do this podcast. If you like our podcast, love it. Don't miss it every single week. Give us that five-star rating if you haven't already. Give us a subscribe on Spotify. If it's on YouTube, you can subscribe. Click that little notification bell. It's going to be updated every week of all our new episodes. Click the like button. Show us the love. You give us the love. We'll keep giving you this content. And leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about, anything financial related. We're open to all sorts of topics. We're happy to talk about them. Let us know what you're thinking, what you want to hear about on Pain Points of Wealth. Thank you for the support. All right, gentlemen, it's the tipping point. This is where we pinpoint the pain point having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. So Bob and Chris, at our firm, Pain Capital Management, I mean, we literally do like a thousand financial projections a year. You know, we have three certified financial planners on our staff and we do everything from a planning-based approach. You know, one of the parts of our process, which I think is really powerful, is we do what you call financial audit. We just like to tally up everything you have, build you a financial portal so you can get a bird's eye view of like where everything's held. And a lot of times you have assets you totally forgot about. And it's almost like, I don't know, an amazing gift when you can be like, oh my God, I forgot I had these old 401k accounts. And all of a sudden your net worth grows just because you have assets you totally forgot about. What are you talking about, Ryan? It's just like when you go into your closet, you put on an old pair of jeans and you find $20 in the pocket. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but hopefully the numbers are larger than that because 20 bucks today, I mean, that's like a Starbucks coffee. Well, that's true. I don't like Starbucks coffee, but I digress. I'll tell you one thing that, that I see in all the plans that we do is so many, especially millennials, and even baby boomers, you know, they change jobs, you know, like I change shoes. You end up with some of these old 401ks at the place where you used to work. And they say, oh, you know, it's invested well, it's done okay. We're in a big booming bull market, so I'll leave it alone. But you know what, guys? 401k is a great tool, but it's a lousy place, a lousy platform to invest your money. Well, you know, a lot of times what I find with 401ks, Dad, and we do a lot of 401ks here at Payne Capital Management, is that the investment options are very limited. And it's usually the bias of the advisor that put it together. A lot of times you see investments heavily concentrated in large cap growth stocks. So there's not a lot of diversification. The other thing is fees. A lot of times you see that the funds that they're using are very high expense funds, especially plans that are sponsored by like the insurance industry. Oh my God, the insurance industry. We always talk a lot of smack on the insurance industry, rightly so. And you're right. It's like a lot of times you'll have an insurance plan that, oh my God, they're using funds that their company owns. Like there's no conflict of interest there. And then in addition to that, you get all these like admin costs that get sprinkled across the plan. So if you have a big balance in this 401k plan, a lot of times, your burden of the expenses on the overall plan for your other participants are on your back a lot of the times. So you know there's a lot of high fees that are hidden in the plan typically, a lot of conflict of interest, and worse, and Bob dislikes this so much, a lot of these plans, your only option for safety are those godforsaken bond funds. Wait a second, right? You're telling me that these plans aren't so great. And then why is my 401k 100% in paying capital stock? Is that a conflict of interest? Well, you know, when you think about it, Chris, you know, when it comes to insurance companies, it's, and look, insurance is a necessary evil, but a lot of times it's oversold. And when you see that 
You might have too much insurance or you have annuities, which I despise. And, you know, so when you look at insurance companies, sometimes don't invest in their 401k if it's put together by an insurance company. Don't buy the insurance that they're selling. Buy the insurance company stock. You had a much better chance of having a successful investment when you do that. Well, the bottom line is, too, that when you think these old 401k plans specifically is you can consolidate them, right? If they're just sitting out there at an old employer that you forgot about, you can put them into, roll them into like an individual retirement account. And then it's like you have the financial supermarket really at your disposal, right? You can invest in literally anything that you want. You can buy real bonds that come due versus bond funds. You can keep your costs low. So the control goes up exponentially. And again, a lot of times you just forget about these plans, but by doing that financial audit, seeing everything in one place, you can start to see where you've made some mistakes, where your allocations are wrong. And we see so many different things, guys, when you actually look at everything in one place that you can be doing to optimize your portfolio. You know, there's only one thing I see worse, right? When you talk about diamonds in the rough, is when we are taught from birth, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right, Chris? You know, spread, diversify. So what we see is we have, you know, new clients coming in. And when we do their evaluation, they don't have one or two or three accounts. They got 20, 25 accounts. And then when you add it all up, they sometimes have 20 to 30% of their money sitting in cash, which what'd you say, Chris, you're losing 8% a year right now in cash? Yeah, that's right, dad. Because cash is basically yielding nothing. You know, inflation's at 7, 8% right now. So yeah, they're guaranteed to lose money. The other thing I noticed too is that, especially with prospective clients, they say, oh, well, having money in different places is diversification. But you know, we end up doing the analysis of the 401ks, they're all invested in the same exact area. So like 90% of their money is concentrated in one category. And as we always talk about, risk cuts both ways. It's great on the way up, but on the way down, it hurts just as much. Yeah, I think the, the saying here is like, don't diversify your custodians, diversify your investments. And you know, what we find there is a lot of times you'll have maybe $50,000 in cash in this account, $100,000 in cash in the other account. Then you add up all your accounts and you have like a million dollars or even like $500,000 sitting in cash, as we know, earning nothing. And the way I look at it is, it's like you have an 8% expense ratio on that money because if inflation went up by 8%, well, that's what your purchasing power went down by. It's almost like having this big fee on your money. And you want to have your assets being productive, especially in this heightened inflationary environment. It wasn't as big a deal the last 10 years because inflation was really low, but now it's a serious problem that's probably not going away. Even if inflation comes down a little bit, it's still going to be a lot higher than it was the last decade from everything we see, which means it's even more pertinent that you get your money working for you. Yeah. Another thing I see, guys, are pension funds, right? You get this option when you retire. If it's indeed still offered. And I'm still seeing it. It's not as plentiful as it used to be, but you have an option of either taking a lifetime of income, like an annuity payment from your pension, or you can roll the pension over. How do you determine you know, what's the right thing to do when you're faced with the question of a pension? Well, I think the first thing you got to look at that is you got to look at what kind of return are you getting on that money, right? The monthly amount you're getting versus the lump sum. You know, What kind of return would you need in your portfolio to be competitive? And a lot of times what I find is that you do better investing on your own not to mention, you know, when you pass on, you still have that liquidity to pass on to future generations. That's a great point because a lot of these pensions, you know, they may they have a survivor benefit. A lot of times they don't. They're usually run by an insurance company. I know we're just going to pick on insurance today. And they use that insurance company has worked the actuarial table. So it works in their benefit, not your benefit. And a lot of times, like there is no death benefit, Chris, like what you're saying here. So it is advantageous to run the numbers and see because a lot of times investing the money on your own conservatively you can get the same income stream that this pension's promising, but most importantly, you'll have money left over for your heirs. I don't know about you. I'd rather go to my heirs than some heartless, cold insurance company from the Midwest. Just saying. Yeah, I just have visions of Potter from It's a Wonderful Life, right? But 
You know, I might really this comes down to what happens in life is life happens, right? You're busy, you're raising your children, you're working in your career, you're trying to keep the stress down in your life. Last thing you want to do is sit down and put together a financial plan or look at it and see how your assets are allocated. But what happens is at the end of the day, you end up with what we call a collection of investments. That's not a portfolio. That's not a strategy. That's a recipe for failure. So, hey, let's go look in the closet, pull out the drawers. Let's see where these diamonds in the rough are. Let's get them fixed. Let's get them working so that you can achieve your goals, your dreams with your values. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 77, Pain Points of Wealth. Everything you hear on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially literally at any stage of your journey. Bob, Chris, and I, we've been doing this for a collective 75 years. That's right, 75 years. We've been managing wealth, running financial projections, helping people become financially independent or stay financially independent. And if you think to yourself, I'd like a more hands-on approach, and you've saved over $750,000 saved for retirement, you can see if you qualify for a free financial review. We will literally do all the work up front. There's no firm out there that will do this work up front at no cost. We'll go through every investment you own. We'll look at all the hidden costs. Wall Street loves to sell you products with high fees and very, very tax inefficient. We'll show you how to optimize your portfolio for tax efficiency so there's more money in your pocket. I suspect taxes are going higher. We have a game plan to help you reduce taxes on your portfolio. We're going to look at your expenses, put together a full budget for you, show you exactly what you should be saving every single year, and putting together a full game plan for retirement, for income, for financial independence, how to draw from your portfolios so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. It's a full review or total financial master plan. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, see if you qualify, go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan. That's www.paincm.com slash financial plan to see if you qualify for a free financial review. All right, it's the hidden Facts of finance, random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. All right, Bob, this one's different than what you have on your list. But a silkscreen portrait of a legendary Hollywood starlet, Marilyn Monroe, by pop artist Annie Warhol, will be put for auction this spring with an asking price of $200 million. Christie's announced on Monday, it's the highest asking price for any piece of art at auction in history. Hey guys, I showed mom that the other day and she looked at it, it was Marilyn Monroe and she said, I don't like that picture. I don't like that painting. I said, thank goodness. I don't have 200 million. I think Eddie Warhol is like the greatest hustler of all time. I mean, his art's not that good. You put a couple of Campbell suits on a silk screen or whatever he does. And then like, you know, all of a sudden it's worth so much. I mean, he created the greatest illusion ever. He could be the greatest salesman of all time, minus any televangelist from the Midwest, in my opinion. Hey, at least it's not an NFT. I was just going to say, Ryan prefers those NFTs. Yeah, I prefer my art to be digital, but you know, I'm a little bit more advanced than you guys. Next podcast, we'll talk about what fungible means. <laughs> I don't think I know what it means at all. All right, Chris, US office occupancy is still just 40% despite the phasing out of mask and vaccine mandates for 98% of the country. Well, I can tell you what, guys, it takes me an hour each way to go out to the office in Bluebell. So by my count, I save two hours a day times five days a week. You know, as far as I'm concerned, working at home, it's where it's at because I get almost an extra day of work in, which should make you guys very happy. You know what? The more time you're working is music to my ears. I'm not going to lie. But it also speaks to, I think a lot of people are going to go back to the office and that requires a lot of energy, which also is going to put pressure on energy prices. Even with energy at like $113 a barrel today could go a lot higher. Food for thought. All right, Bob, happy 75th birthday to Elton John this month. 300 million records sold, 59 Billboard top 40 singles, nine number one singles, seven number one albums, 
Billboard's greatest solo artist of all time. You know, you would think, right, with that track record, he would be. But I checked with my two resident experts, your Uncle Al and his buddy Jimmy, you know, who are the chairman and the president of the Dead Singer Society. And they said Frank Sinatra was way better. So I don't know. I digress. But I think they're the experts, aren't they? I mean, I guess if you're an Italian from South Philly, I get it. But I mean, Elton John, here's a better question. What's your favorite Elton John album? Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Ah, it's definitely a classic. I think Man Man Across the Water for me, but 70s era was a fantastic era for Elton John. And I remember we were kids, Bob, you would crank that Benny and the Jets when we were driving around in your car. All right, Chris, foreign investors have dumped a record $6 billion worth of Chinese shares in the first three months of 2022 as they take fright at new coronavirus outbreaks and the risk that Western countries will sanction Beijing as it supports Russia's war in Ukraine. It might be the counter trend. It might be time to buy Chinese stocks. Well, you know what, guys? Whenever I hear that the investing masses are selling something, that just rings discount in my ears. And right now, where inflation's yielding 8%, you're getting less than 1% in your cash, you can buy something cheap. And check this out. Emerging markets are generating a 3% yield right now. That's music to my ears. Sign me up. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, you saw the 10-year treasure paying like 2.25%. Three is still better. Stocks are great inflation hedge. Diversify globally. You heard it here first. Another great show. If you like our content, love our content. Episode 77, give us a like. Five-star rating on iTunes. On YouTube, give us a like. Subscribe. Click that notification bell so you'll be updated every week of all our new content. Thank you for your support. As always, stay loose and keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to The Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully, you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at BeBullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management. Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Music